0: What's up guys we are here on thinking christian man and i got my guys with me james and tommy say what's up guys yo hello how things going man Going good swell i like that that's good that's good swelling good i like that man anyway we're here asking questions man and thinking about it as christians And today we've got a pretty interesting question because I feel like it's one that everybody has said either one time, two times or three times in their life, man, because they don't know where they're going or what they're doing. And so they ask this question so they can search the scriptures, maybe to see what it is. And here is the question. Tommy James, how do we know what our purpose is in life? How do we know that, man? Now, I know this question is super vague, but I'm hoping that in the question we get down to the, the nitty gritty, the specifics. When I first asked this question, man, uh, I think, Tommy, you sent you sent a quote in the chat, you know, um, in the chat that we got together. What what was that quote again?
1: Yeah. What is the chief and the man but to glorify God and enjoy him forever?
0: So that I guess that could be uh, assumed to be the purpose of life. Right. That's that's the reason you sent that. Huh?
1: Well, ultimately, like the way we know our purpose in life is we look at the one who gave us life, right? Like that's where you have to start as a foundation. It's like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? You have to start with, okay, who put you here in the first place, which is God, right? That's where you have to start. And so if we start from that perspective, which we should, right, because God created all things, um, we look at the word. Because in the word, we see... Not just in understand who God is, but we understand our purpose in life. And so that catechism is from Scripture. That's where they, they get that from. And so that's where we have to start just like just to kind of build, I guess, like a, a pitch in the conversation and we can go from there. as um, we look at Scripture because that's who we see who God is and that's how we properly understand how we're to live.
0: What was uh, in the catechism? It says to enjoy God and... Um and and, and what it says to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, so like you could look at 1 Corinthians 10, or sorry, 1031, um, where it says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And so it's like whether we're working um, at school or we're on the pulpit on Sunday or we're cleaning toilets or we're on a podcast, like everything we do, should point back to God because he's the one that created us. It's not to point back to us. It's not to point back to our accolades, our status, our family or anything, because it all fades. We're to give this back to God and point back to him because he's the one who made us because we're in his image to be in his image means that you reflect who he is. And so we, we do that initially, obviously as human beings being made in the image of God, uh, but then as new believers, more so we're to reflect God and we see God fully displayed on us perfectly through Christ. Right. And so as believers were to reflect Christ, but whether or not you're a believer, you're made in God's image. And so there is some sort of reflection that you have of God, personality, like able to love, et cetera.
0: Now, I want to go back, though, to that because uh, I'm trying I'm trying to make a point. You know what I'm saying? And that thing, the catechism or whatever it is uh, about the chief end of man, which means the purpose of man, the, the reason why he is here is to, you said it's to glorify God, right? And then to uh-huh. um, enjoy him forever. So the first part, to glorify God, I think you you explain kind of what that means in, um, with that quote from 1 Corinthians and then your exposition on what that means. And so the first thing we've got is so the purpose of life for all of us is to glorify God, which means in everything we do, bring him glory. It's not for us, but to reflect back who he is to the world. But then the second part says and enjoy him forever. So how do we how do we do that?
1: Mm. I love what John Piper, um, how he explains it. He says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And so as people made in his image, as creatures under the creator, we perfectly, or at least more closely resemble our original created being and our original created purpose when we seek to glorify him and seek to honor him in what we do. And it's not like, oh, okay, I have to either glorify God or I can be, have joy, or I can either glorify God or I can have pleasure. No, we reach the apex of our satisfaction when we do things for the glory of God, right? I'm going through this book called "Disciplines of a Golly Man" with some guys on Fridays here at Bridge Ministries, um, and in the discipline of mind chapter, he says at the very beginning of that chapter, the human the human mind reaches its apex when it can start to resemble Christ likeness. Why? Because that's what we we're, that's what we're created for is to imitate Christ. Where to? we're created to glorify God. And so in doing so, like there is satisfaction that we get out of that. It's, is it easy? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. But there is some sort of satisfaction we get out of serving people and, and walking in our callings and passions. And that's a whole nother aspect we can, I'm sure we'll dive into like, okay,
0: I know I'm supposed to
1: glorify God, how, right? So that's something we can dive into a little bit later. But It's starting right there. It's like, what is God's will for my life? Well, it's it's very clear in Scripture. You're to give Him glory. You're to point back to Him, right? You're Mm -hmm. to love Him with all of your heart, mind, and soul. And then as you do that, like you start to find out, okay, why am I here? Tangibly, how do I do that, right? And I'm sure we'll dive into that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I guess you're saying, if I'm listening correctly, it is when we bring God glory then that is when we find mm-hmm. ourselves satisfied in Him. That's when we find ourselves where it mm-hmm. says our chief end of man is to bring God glory and then enjoy Him. So when we bring glory to God, mm-hmm. then we it's like the natural, uh, what is it? Every, every action has a natural but equal reaction or something like that. And the reaction is that we enjoy mm-hmm. God. And it's not some... Uh,
1: I wish it was like some kumbaya, like oh, all of a sudden peace and um, <laughs> well, full <war> of happiness. But <laughs> right? like sometimes it is, but other times it's like, man, you just don't, you feel off, you know, about trying to do the right thing or um, trying to be in the word or or et cetera. Like I, I don't want to get too much on a ramble or tangent, but I also don't want people to have this notion of, okay, if I do something for the glory of God, all of a sudden. I have infinite joy and infinite pleasure. No, we have the flesh, man, that we're that we're wrestling against. You know,
0: I think it's a a, a diligence that we have to undertake in order to do that. You know, now naturally we are satisfied mm-hmm. in Him because He is the greatest thing that there is, and you can, but only find right. satisfaction in the greatest thing that there is. But that's right. only if you are also uh, mm-hmm. called by His name. Because uh, one little quote, and then we'll mm. jump back into this next question is, is uh, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said that uh, the people who are in hell wouldn't enjoy heaven. It's because they never wanted mm. to be with the presence of God anyway. And so it would be, it would be mm. torturous for them to be there in the first place. And so I think that's the part of that theme. And the thing you said next is like, uh, if, if bringing glory to God is our purpose, then how do we do that? Like, what what do we do to bring glory to God? And you also talked about um, having all of these different passions, desires, skills, or whatever. And you quoted 1 Corinthians where it says, whatever you do, bring glory to God. So what? Uh, uh, how do we know what thing it is as well? How do we know what thing it is that we are called to do that we can bring glory to God?
2: Well, I was just kind of thinking... To start with the basics, like what were we made to do? I guess my my mind went to the passage in Isaiah about how God talking about how we're his sons and daughters and how we were made for his glory. But my my mind also went to like Genesis, what's like our functional purpose here on earth? To have dominion over the land and the sea.
0: Well what's Genesis say?
2: Uh, I don't have a. I don't know that I could quote it word for word, uh, but God gave us dominion over the earth, and earth to subdue it. Uh, He gave us the command to be fruitful and multiply, and that's kind of where my mind went.
0: I think that's. um, I think that's a valid thing because that. Excuse me. If we were to say, "What is our purpose?" Well, uh, as a whole, again. You know, we got the catechism, it says to bring glory to God and enjoy him. Well, literally what God said to Adam, who was a representative of man, he said, be fruitful, multiply the earth and then subdue the earth, have dominion over the birds, the animals, the trees, all all that jazz. And so if we want to know what it is that we're supposed to do, well, we could start with those two things. I think that's that's something. And so I think the first thing, though, is that um, it says that, to be fruitful and multiply, you know what I'm saying. So fill the earth. It's like He wants us to be in relationship with each other. That's a, that's a thing that God desires for for man to do. And then secondly, I think it is also for us to take care of the earth. So that dominion, that word is um, is a positive word. It's not a word that says that we are conquerors and controllers. That we are um, dominating and destroying. But I think that what it really entails is a loving rule. And um, it goes back to what Tommy said earlier when you said that we are image bearers, reflecting the image of God. And so technically what God has done and what he desires is he created this earth so that we might rule with him. Isn't that crazy, man, is that God created the earth so that we might rule with him. Um, And I think this is seen is because I think Paul says, don't you know that we're going to judge angels? And then he says uh, we're co-heirs in Christ as like because Christ is a ruler. And so in the same way, we are co-heirs as rulers over this kingdom. And so that's 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 something to me that strikes me as different. And then recognizing that that that's one of our purposes. We got to take that. We got to take that that responsibility serious. And so what does that entail? That's the question I always ask. If I have to say something, then I need to say, what does it mean? And so what does it mean for me to care about the earth and rule over it? And I think what it means um, is that that we are to cause the world to flourish, that we're cause the world to prosper. That's what God did. When he created all these things, he caused the world to prosper, to flourish, He caused chaos to cease and, um, and, um, order. That's it (laughs) order. That's what it is. So he caused chaos (laughs) to cease and created (laughs) order. (laughs) And so I think that's what we're supposed to do is that we're supposed to create order in the world around us, man. What do you guys think about that?
1: Uh, I, I really like how James worded it earlier. What is our function here on earth? You know, not everybody's called to be behind the pulpit on Sunday or be a missionary in a third world country. Like some of us are called to the marketplace to be business owners, to be in the healthcare profession, to be teachers in the education system, to be like, you name it. Like we're all called to different dominions and sectors of the globe, but it it gets back to to okay, that's my function on the earth, but it's to bring back and establish some sort of order that's pleasing and glorifying to the Lord. And we shouldn't shy away from certain skills or passions or talents that God has given us because we have that for a reason. And they all serve a purpose at certain seasons. You know, Like for me, it was IT for a few years and I was able to use that for the glory of God. And now it's full-time vocational ministry. And so some of the passions and talents and skills that we have are for seasons. And others of them, they just develop and develop, and we do them for long careers.
0: So how do we know what part of the season that we're in? Or how do we know, like, uh, in that season, what we're supposed to be doing? For me, man, it, it really depended on, I would put it back
1: to three things. My time in the Word, my devotional prayer life. And then having surround, being surrounded by godly counselors around me, people, mentors that I could look up to that know me very well. And so I like I did IT for a few years and I was doing Bible studies at the college campus and at local coffee shops. And for me, it seems like God was paving the way for me to just work my way up the IT career ladder. But the more and more I... I walked into just my my passion, my gifting to just teach, to teach the Word of God, and and God just allowing more opportunities for me to do that. Slowly and slowly, my my desire to do IT stuff got little, little and little. And my desire to just want to teach and study the Word and have opportunities to do so just kept opening and opening. But it started with me, first and foremost, just finding, okay, what do I like to do and just trying different things. Like I, I tried civil engineering at first and I tried programming computer programming and I hated those things (laughs) so sometimes you have to try something that you think you might like but then you fail at it or oh that's not for me like there, obviously there are a lot of people who are not pursuing the Lord and they're doing exactly what they love and then God redeems that right when they come to saving faith and they begin to do that for the glory of the Lord or vice versa like some people they're doing they're in a complete different direction and then God redeems them and god puts them in a complete different direction but it's for me it's been the foundation of those three things the last 12 years despite my career changes and city changes the last 12 years it's been me just trying to have some sort of time in the word time in prayer and then being surrounded by people that can pour into me to get other perspectives you know because you can be like oh i'm called to preach but if people you look up to are like, nah, play it. like you ain't you ain't called to preach. Like we we see how <laughs> how you speak or life. You know what I mean. Like you need other people that can kind of tell you how it is. Both like from the aspect of nah, that's probably not for you. But then also like, hey, like this might be for you. It goes both ways and in, in that kind of accountability aspect. But God's the one that created us, bro. Our identity, our purpose. Who we are is ultimately found in him, not just the Christ likeness, but the more and more we pursue God, like, man, don't you think God is going to give us clarity in the direction that we should go, whether it's academia or the marketplace or quote unquote vocational ministry? Like, don't you think God's going to give us clarity in that in some way as we pursue him?
0: Yeah, I think he will give us clarity as we pursue him. And that's what I'm trying to figure out is how do we know that clarity? What about you, James? How do you know what God wants you to do?
2: Uh, that's That's a hard question. A lot of times it seems like I'm not really sure what God wants me to do. But moment to moment and day to day and week to week, you know, I see someone on a street corner, you know, and I feel the need to help them in some form or fashion. And I do. Well, while I may not have, Thought that was my purpose before that day. There I am doing that on that day. It's sometimes, you know, I don't know the overarching theme of my life, like what I'm to be. But in the day to day and in the week to week, God has us where we're at for a particular purpose. We may not know all the details of that, and we may not even know what it is until the time comes but looking back i can say yeah that was my purpose it was my purpose to be there that day to help that person or Mm. it was my purpose to be at this job for the last six years whatever it is
1: james is hitting it spot on you know it's it's not like and it's it's so hard for us as finite very like instant gratification creatures like we just want god's full 401k plan for our, for our lives you know yeah. but like it doesn't happen like that like it happens in in seasons and steps and days and like i can i can look at back at the last 12 years even before becoming a christian i can see how god has just used it all and why he's been so patient and gone with me step by step by step and i'm glad god does that to be honest bro because like imagine if God just tried. If God just gave us like, okay, this, this is the next 80 years is what we got. Like, you you know how like overwhelming we'd probably be. But then also at the same time, bro, like we say like, oh, I want God just to already show me this or that. But then like, to be honest, like if God did, how many of us would probably be dissatisfied? Like, nah, that's not what I want to do. Or <laughs> well, that's not what I want, you know? But like time will tell. Oh, that's like, not no, what God I want to go through. That, or, <laughs> yeah, well, that's not what I want to go through. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want her to break my heart. No. (laughs) Uh,
0: No. (laughs) Yeah, but I think, yeah, like you said, I think James is spot on, though, man, because uh, it is the day-to-day things, man. Sometimes we do think, like, what's the overarching theme of my life? Like, what am I supposed to do? But really, sometimes you don't really understand or know that until you look back on it. And I think the story of Joseph kind of shows that. It's because, like, he did have the overarching thing. You know, yeah. I'm a, he going to rule over everybody. But he didn't yeah. realize how he was going to get there. And so day to day, things started happening. And he's yeah. probably like, what the heck, man? Like, this is not adding up. But as he continued to be faithful in whatever God had for him and those moments, like James said, whenever somebody's on the street and you feel the spirit moving you to do something for them, then when you start doing those things, then you realize, oh, man, that one thing, like there's a song and it's like, I went to heaven and uh, and he's like, and I saw this guy and he was like, oh, you handed me these groceries, man. That's the day I turned my life over to Jesus, you know, and you, you didn't never knew that, you know, because that was something that like didn't become easily recognizable for you on this earth. But on the other side of the earth, whenever you're with Christ and we see all these people in the redeemed, in the city of the redeemed, like we find out these small things that God had purposed for us in our lives. And then uh, it's just amazing because it's like a beautiful tapestry, like all these little bitty mm-hmm. uh, things are woven together. And in the end, you see this beautiful and wonderful picture of the theme of your life, which was ultimately to glorify God. And then you enjoyed mm-hmm. him when you do those things. So that's that's, that's a, a, a one way for looking at it. And for me, I think that is how we actually find the overarching theme of our life, though is that when we continue to be faithful in those small things mm-hmm. daily, when you continue yeah. to do and seek the Spirit, read the Word, hang with people who understand Scripture and understand you and how God is is over you, and then as you pray and seek Him and everything in our lives, then He begins to reveal more and more of what our purpose is in our life as a complete whole theme. And I think this is so because Jesus says, man, he gives something to, uh, in a parable, he talked about the talents, and he's like, for those, he gave little, he says, and they used it, he gave much. He says, but for those who, you know, he didn't didn't do anything with the stuff he gave them, well, then he just uh, sent them on down to, to what did he say, whipped them and beat them. It's because it's what we do with the things that God has given us. Then he knows that we're ready for the purpose that he's called us to, man. I think that's a, yeah. I think that's a way to try and find that purpose if you're looking for it. But what if uh, yeah. somebody is like this? What if somebody is asking the question? What school do I go to? What hmm. job do I get? What uh, person should I marry? What should I name my child? You know, stuff like that. How do we discern those decisions?
1: Yeah, it it gets back to the foundations of what the Christian life is, being in the word, being in prayer, fasting, uh, being in godly, godly counsel, godly community, doing doing what we see plainly in scripture, be holy as I am holy. We over spiritualize or emphasize all these other things without Mm -hmm. at least, okay, God, how am I doing what I see in your word? You know, God, I Mm want to know who I'm supposed to marry. Yeah, your word says, be holy as I am holy. And in reality, I'm not ready f- to even think about who I'm supposed to be marrying. But let's say like, of course, <laughs> like you're not walking in a sinless state, but, like you're doing these things, right? And like, you're in your disciplines. But you're asking the Lord, like, okay, Lord, is it college A or college B? I'm even weighing the pros and cons. And I don't see one scale tip to the other. And One question to ask yourself, okay, which one can I glorify God the most? And if you ask yourself, well, it looks like either one, from my perspective, can glorify you equally, then you make a decision, you know. And and if your heart's in the right place and, and you know that you're not making a decision that's directly just sinful and disobeying the Lord, like you make that decision, but you make that decision and you continue to walk with Him. And our decisions are never about achieving this or that, but it's about walking with intimacy in Him. So like, for example, just the most recent example, when I went to, I was going to go to Egypt during COVID. And so for me, I really prayed through it. And it looked like, okay, Lord, you're sending me to Egypt. But then COVID happened. And so for me, it's like, okay, I thought the whole point of me signing up for this mission trip was to go to Egypt. But instead, it wasn't about entering um, a certain door or it wasn't about getting to a certain destination. It was simply about walking with him and trusting him the whole way. And I had thoughts, bro, like from the enemy or if my flesh, maybe I'm careful because I don't know which, but I had thoughts, like just negative thoughts saying like, ah, you don't know the will of the Lord. Ha, you made the wrong decision. And so like on the surface, it looks like I definitely made the wrong decision because it's like COVID happened. What, what kind of decision was that? <laughs> but for me... My understanding, my understanding was it wasn't about that particular place. It was about walking with the Lord. So a lot of times, bro, like we have those great areas in life where we don't have a clear cut decision. The whole point is to continue to walk with Him. And man, there have been decisions in my life where it's like I thought like that was the right one, but then the Lord showed me like no, actually I'm gonna readjust you and go this way. But it's because I continue to walk with Him instead of okay. It's this decision and I'm walking forward and that's it. No, it's like, Lord, I believe I'm making the right decision. But God, please correct me. Give me discernment as I'm walking along the way. And God is faithful to do that, bro. He's not going to just let us make a wrong decision and let us jump off the cliff. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, because sure. we're walking with him.
0: Yeah, as long as we're walking with him, man, he will steer us in the direction. So I think it's also it's those things which refine us. It's those things that prove us. Um, I was, uh, I think I was reading in in first Peter and it talks about those things proving us, man, that would be refined like gold. And so we think that uh, uh, those things that kind of knock us off track or whatever, and then we're like, dang, was I even making the right decision? But what they do is they realign our hearts and our thoughts and our minds back to God so that we have dependence essentially on him. And so I wanted to the, the question I wanted to do uh, about what kind of also what Tommy said was that he said uh, you got two things equally, you know, that doesn't matter what you do. It's like both of them equally glorify God and your heart and your intent to go to either place is good. Like if you're going to a college, a or college B. And so I, I want to ask the question, Does does God care about college, a or college B? Like, or does he ultimately care about the fact that whichever college that you go to, that you bring glory to his name? And I asked that question in in response to what Tommy said originally when we opened up this whole thing about First Corinthians. And he says, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So whatever actions, whatever goals, whatever decisions Whatever thing it is that we decide to do in our life, is it okay to do it as long as we bring glory to God? Accurately, of course, you know, not to say like, oh, I'm bringing glory to God by murdering this person. But, you know, just if we know that it's uh, that we're following God's commands and we're doing the things he said to do. Is it okay each equally being um, good that God doesn't really care what you do as long as. Whatever it is that you do, that you bring glory to God.
2: Well, I feel inclined to say yes to that. Well, we're just—we're not going to know everything. The best that we can do in some situations is just make a decision in faith that this is what God would have us do.
1: What about you, Tom? So that's what I had mentioned earlier that in life, we don't get a lot of those straight black and white answers, right? A lot of life is navigating the gray area. As we mature as Christians, like we navigate the gray area a lot better as, as we age and we mature in the faith. But like a lot of our life in the sanctification process is those gray areas where we don't get a clear black and white answer. And so that's where, again, that's a like beat the head dead horse or, or whatever but we just don't do the spiritual disciplines that we know we should which helps us get that clarity it's like yeah. if you're trying to decide between this and that but you haven't prayed much or you haven't just spent time in the word like obviously the scripture is not going to tell you choose texas over oklahoma although <laughs> i love texas
0: right it's not going yeah, to choose, so tell you they both stink it would tell you the scriptures probably tell you to choose arkansas but it's okay <laughs> so yeah like
1: man it is that gray area where it's like and you shouldn't beat yourself up where it's like man i absolutely have to get a black and white answer because man the truth is is that we don't but there's beauty in that tension where we trust the lord and we just pick a decision but again we pick a decision and we continue to walk with him not pick a decision and just stop praying or stop seeking his face daily but yeah, man, there's a lot of great area in the life where you just have to choose.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think you did say something about that earlier. You said that uh, you make the decision and walk with God. And then in walking with God, you have faith that if you made the wrong decision because of the trust that you and the desire that you want to bring glory to God, that he will move you back on the, the correct path. God's not like an angry God that, that comes down and he's like... Oh, you made the wrong decision, huh? Even though you thought you was trusting me. I'm going to squash you, homie. You know what I'm saying? He's full of grace and forgiveness <laughs> and love. You know, so he's he's going to lead you back onto the path of righteousness. That's that's his desire for us, man. That's his will for
1: our life. And, and not just because your heart's, your posture of your heart and your mind is in the right direction and posture, but also because, like, God will see to it that you glorify him. Right. If your heart's in the right place and you're seeking him, it's not yeah. just because of you trying to be faithful or you trusting him, but it's because of his faithfulness to you. <laughs> you know, it's not just you to him, but it's his faithfulness to you as as his people, right? Who are yeah, brought into sure. the fold of God, the family of God, you know. So yeah. that's another huge aspect that we shouldn't lose sight of.
0: Oh, man, that is, man. That's something that we should should talk about that, man. What's that even mean? Is it our faithfulness to him or his faithfulness to us? Because that gum, dude, God is faithful. That's one of his attributes. And so that's beautiful and wonderful, man. I think we are about out of time, man. So is there anything that anybody, any final thoughts, anybody has to say about this question or maybe some uh, help if one of our listeners out there is trying to make some kind of decision and they're struggling about it?
2: I'll just say real quick that unless we're drawing from a hat with a blindfold on. In a sense, no decision that we make is random. And I've heard it said that our hearts and our souls are goodness-seeking missiles. We're dr- We're always drawn to what we perceive to be good. Even if we're unaware or unable to articulate why we pick A or B, there's a reason why we pick A or B. Let's say there's two cars in front of us you know, one is full of dents and scratches and one is is just pristine. Our eyes automatically see the flaws and the defects of the car with the dents and the scratches, um, and we determine that to be bad um, and undesirable, but we see the pristine car and that's just desirable to us. That's an image-bearer quality for us to desire things to be good and to be perfect and to be beautiful and so my point in saying all that is even if we're not sure why or we're not able to articulate why we pick a or b um our heart is seeking what we perceive to be good and so long as that thing isn't sinful i think that in a sense we are making it a right decision
1: yeah i i i've never heard that illustration about the whole car thing james i I like that a lot because in reality like that's all of us like we're all busted, beat up, broke cars, <laughs> you know, that are all dinged up and that constantly have to go to the repair shop to get remodeled, to get touched up, etc. But the beauty about the gospel is like God works with that, you know, and, and I love Romans, man. I mentioned it yesterday to our young adult community, but all things work together for the good of those um, who love God and are called according to his purpose, all things are all things. So the dings, the wrong decisions, the mess ups, the, the suffering, the sin, like somehow, man, like God is using that to mold us more into Christ and, and to discipline us, to reprove us, to um, ultimately like get to the point where we're in his presence, where there is no more sin. There are no more dings and we're given a pristine car, you know, a new body with no blemishes on it and no presence of sin. And so just a, a word of encouragement for people and myself, like there's no condemnation for those in Christ, Romans 8.1. And man, we're going to make some wrong decisions because we have a sin nature that we wage war against. But in your wrong decisions, like if you get back to God and you just seek him, like, man, you can have peace, like knowing like, man, God, you're still at work. Your plan for my life is still in effect. I'm not on plan B <laughs> Or I'm not on plan Z or negative Z. Like, oh, yeah. God, your, your plan for my life is still in effect. And because of his faithfulness, bro, like his faithfulness to his people.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right, that? man. He said you need a long alphabet, bro. You on double Z, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to
1: start, start throwing numbers in there. You're now 2255
0: B.C. <laughs> <laughs> you said there's no condemnation. And so that's a beautiful thing because we are free in Christ. And so we're free to make these decisions, man, is that, man, like as long as we are bring glory to God, as long as we desire for him to be reigning supreme in our lives and the lives of others, as we make these decisions, man, we can make them boldly, knowing and trusting that if it is the wrong decision, that God will steer us to the correct path. man. So I think that's a beautiful thing, a wonderful thing. And we'll end on that we'll see you guys in the next episode as we continue thinking as christians on the thinking christian man i appreciate you guys and i'll see you there.